0: This is ESPN New York Tonight with Larry Hardesty and Gordon Damer on 98.7 ESPN.
1: The, the trouble here, and it's interesting that you mentioned that, Jose, is that mm. I'm not sure. I think you'll see it in spots, but I don't know if Tibbs has the confidence in Sims that he can handle long stretches from a scoring standpoint. Now... Defensively, you might see him in there to help with rebounding in uh, situations like that. But from a scoring standpoint, once again, if Tib- Tibbs is going to side defensively usually, but if he needs scoring and he doesn't have that 25 and 10 that he gets from Julius Randle, it's going to cause him to do some different things. Right, Gord?
0: Yeah, I would think the pace is going to be much quicker, like it has been since he's been out. Uh, I think yeah, you're going to see Obi get uh, some serious run, and I think that that's where they have to kind of attack it. Um, that might play a little bit into the Cavaliers' hands because they can play quickly too. But um, if you don't have if you don't have Randall, I think that you're going to have to kind of shake things up from how you've done it all year. Clearly, and when Randall's not been there, the Knicks have been playing much quicker.
1: They have been playing quicker. They the ball moves. I mean, ball moves. It's it's a totally different offense. And if anything, you're right. They kind of will play into Cleveland's hands because yeah. they're going to pick up the tempo as well. And there are times that you like to see them pick up the tempo, Gordon, because sometimes in that half court offense, it's it's like they're walking uphill with two buckets of quicksand <laughs> on their backs. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it just it's it's like it's painful, and and you know. It's funny because we talk about Randall and we say that he's a ball stopper in a lot of sense. But to be fair, Gordon, they don't have to stop and look at him. They could still move. They could. But it's like when you know
0: you're not going to get the ball back, sometimes you (laughs) slow down a little bit.
1: Yeah. Yeah. But you need to move because then what happens is when you don't move, that, that defender leaks off you and drops in double teams Randall. And he can't always go and pick out the person. So they've got a lot of work to do offensively there. It is going to be interesting to see how this rolls. Uh, Dave's in Cormac. Dave, you're next on 98.7. Greg. Hello.
2: Hi. How are you?
1: Good. How are you?
0: All righty. I'm an Islander fan. I heard the Islanders are playing the Hurricanes.
2: And uh, I'm glad they're not playing Boston in the first round. (laughs) I suspect that the Islanders are only going to go one round. And but my only hope is that the the the, the, the Rangers uh, get blown out in the first round before the Islanders do.
1: Yeah. I, spoken like a true Islander fan.
2: <laughs> yeah, I hate the Rangers. They're an embarrassment of riches and every time you hear that the Rangers are in the playoffs, the fans have a sense of
1: entitlement. You'll never get to hear that out of an Islander fan's mouth that they're destined to win the cup. Mhm. I hear you. I hear you, Dave. Thanks for the phone call. Um it's so, so sad, though. I mean, it is, like, you know. it's
0: so sad that that's like, – he, he, he's more worried that the, the Rangers get knocked out. He doesn't want to go alone. Right. He's already accepted <laughs> his fate that yep. his team is going to get knocked out. It's just as long as the Rangers also get knocked out.
1: Yeah, he wants to take somebody with him. He doesn't want to go alone.
0: And I'll be honest <laughs> with you. And, again, I Larry, what do I know about hockey? Nothing, right? Well, more I know nothing than you about le- hockey. More than you let on. No, I know nothing about hockey. But okay. I'll say this. As great as the Bruins were, it would be typical hockey for them to run through the regular season and then get knocked out in the second round.
1: Yeah, it's possible. It is. It's true. Because it's a totally different season. Totally. In different. all the sports. And it happens all, all the time. time. It does. It does. Totally different. You know, Ask uh, Seattle Mariners. <laughs> How'd that work out for them? Right. <laughs> Had the best record in the history of baseball. past yep. the Yankees.
0: Gone, and, and hockey is it's so I mean, it, it feeds into that so much more because it's, all, all, you know, the goaltending is just such a uh, uh, an equalizer.
1: Mm-hmm. Hot goaltender will kill you. Absolutely. <laughs> you go up against a hot goal goaltender in the series. You are done. You could you could go home very quickly. Very and By the way, quickly. I checked uh Cavs minus 205 for the series.
0: Not much pickings there. My friend. No, there's not much juice on that. And now the Knicks are, are plus one seventy two, mm-hmm. but can you can you have confidence that they're going to win that with with no Randall in them in the mix?
1: Now, for our folks, Gordon, because I was talking with my one of my brother in laws earlier today. For mm-hmm. for folks who aren't really familiar with that, just break that down for us. The minus. Okay, is- so if you bet a hundred bucks on the Knicks.
3: Mm-hmm.
0: You would win 172, so plus the hundred that you're betting, so you'd right. you'd walk away with 272. If you bet the Cavaliers and you wanted to bet 100 bucks or you know 10 bucks, um, let's put it as 100 just for argument's sake. If you mm-hmm. bet 100, you'd win like 48 dollars and change. You get your hundred back that you right. bet, but in terms of the the profit, you would you would get 48 bucks. So it's not mm-hmm. an, it's not a you're betting 100 to win 100.
1: Right. So you so if if you want to do something with Cleveland, you got to go parlay. Maybe there's, uh, yeah. you know, points um, or... I mean, yeah, you could do individual
0: games, like maybe.
1: Yeah, you'd have to do that. You,
0: you, what you have to hope is if you want to bet the Cavs, you have to hope the Cavs lose game one and mm-hmm. then jump on the series then and see if yeah. it kind of equals out a little bit.
1: Mark's in Newark. Mark, you're next on
4: 98.7. What's up, my guys? How are you? Mark. Yeah. Okay. A couple of things, as you, per usual. Um... On the Knicks series, as I was talking with your screener about, um, I think that Donovan Mitchell, uh, Who, I, I think that the Knicks job is just to not let him do what he does because what he does is special. In, in air quotes, it's just special. I think that if they can solve that, they probably win, I'd say, in, in five or six. If they can't, Ooh, there's going to be some upset Knicks fans. Um, from my beloved Nets standpoint, um, nobody gives us a shot. You're, this guy called in uh, Mitch from Windsor, I think his name was. And his first words out of his mouth was, I think that that the Nets are going to get walloped by the Sixers, and they don't have a shot. And I think that the Knicks are going to win in six, is what he said. So my my message for that is, I got enough to deal with with my friend Bruda (laughs) 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 to deal with the 76ers, let alone the 76ers and Embiid and the rest of them, Maxie, and they they got a serious basketball team. But I don't think that they've seen enough of this basketball that I don't think a lot of teams have uh, seen enough of this basketball style that Jock has these boys playing, and I think it's going to take a series so I wouldn't be so quick to say that uh, that, that the Sixers are going to adapt to that because they haven't really seen it. But I do think that the Nets, on the, conversely, uh, will adapt because their main job is to stop and be somehow, some way. And then when they figure that out, uh, make sure that they stop James Harden. So they, they got their hands full. But I think it's, it's a – what's that expression? Uh, uh, styles make fights. I think that this is a prime example of that. That's all I got tonight, guys.
1: All right, Mark. Thanks for checking in, Gordon. For that series, I think it's I think it's very simple. Uh, you're not stopping Embiid. You just can't let no. anybody else go off. Yeah, he he gets his. He's good with thirty five, forty, whatever he gets his. You just have to limit what Harden does. You have to limit Max. You have to limit the rest of the team. You're not going to stop Embiid. He's he, he's he's dominant this year. His ability to not only play inside, but go outside, hit the three. His availability this year, Gordon, which is something that people have criticized him for and may have cost him some MVP voting from Might previous have, years because right, just wasn't available, but that mm-hmm. was not the case this year.
0: Yeah, um, and um, you, you have to hope if you're the Sixers that you're going to be able to ride him uh, through this series because you've got the stars. There's no question about that, and that's usually what wins these playoff series is you have the star guy on your side, uh, and that's not really, you know. I like some of the the Nets players. Obviously, um, the trade that they made with, and and the guys that they brought back with Bridges and that it's it's a nice mix. And you hope that moving forward you'll have something. But
1: if that's a close series, I would be surprised. If that's a close series, Doc Rivers got problems. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> that, yeah. That, that 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 he's got problems. Absolutely. And that, and that takes nothing away from the Nets. Nothing no. away from them. But. That talent as dominant as they've been, the third seed, okay, in the East, mm-hmm. the way they have played, mm-hmm. uh, this should not be this should this should not be a six or seven game series. Game. Absolutely not. Should not be. Absolutely not. If it's five, okay, I got it. That that would be <laughs> now of course the Nets would be disappointed, but if they lose in five, considering how Philly has looked, Come that's on, a, they had a good year. Yeah, absolutely, just don't
0: get don't don't get destroyed, right? Don't get blown yeah. out in every single. If they make it, if they get five games, to me, that's that's a that's a that's a good run. Absolutely, um, and I, if they happen they, to get the sixth, oh, celebration! <laughs> absolutely. Well, look, this is the time where the stars shine, and part of being a star is you have to deal with the pressure of the expectations. So all the expectations in that series are on the Sixers. And all the expectations are on Donovan Mitchell. This whole series with the Mm -hmm. Knicks is about Donovan Mitchell. He's going to eat up the Knicks. The Knicks are going to shut him down. Whatever happens in this series, it will be told through the prism of Donovan Mitchell.
1: Garland is a very dangerous player for Cleveland. Mitchell's backcourt mate. Garland Mm -hmm. is dangerous. So, you know, he's quick. He likes to go to the basket. So he's going to be an issue. Now, Levert, Karis Levert, the former net, he's kind of up and down. Gordon, he he he'll give you some games where he's he's in the rhythm, and then he'll give you some other games where he's a human turnover. So he's he, he's just like he's kind of a wild card, and that that really kind of gives you the idea of why that bench is so inconsistent for them. Well, look, I think
0: Cleveland is is a more talented team. They're a better mm-hmm. team. Uh, yeah. So they have other weapons. I'm just talking about from, from, oh, yeah, a from fan the perspective of, of the narratives that will be set. Storylines. Yeah. Right. If they win this series and Mitchell plays like Mitchell, well, see, the Knicks should have got Donovan Mitchell. And if the Knicks somehow win this series, Donovan Mitchell melted down in the big spot. And he's he's not a superstar as, we, as people were making him out to be during the course of the season. So uh, it's going to be fascinating to watch. Or – Mitchell plays well and they still lose. Oh, he'll get played. No, he, he, even if they lose and he plays well, he's missing that that win gene. You know, he's missing <laughs> missing the clutch gene, Larry. He'll still get the play. It's all based on wins and losses. So he yeah. can he can only if he only averages twenty a game, right? Just like a yeah. ho hum kind of stat mm-hmm. line for him. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. they win. Well, you know, he did the little things in the in the court. <laughs> it doesn't yeah. matter if he wins. He's going to be the hero, and if he loses,
1: it's all on his shoulders. Yeah. We've got some Nick numbers that you can look at for this series. We'll do that next on 98.7 ESPN.
0: This is ESPN New York Tonight with Larry Hardesty and Gordon Damer on 98.7 ESPN.
1: Pre-game 5.30 here on 98.7 ESPN. Ty Butler takes you up until that time. Gordon, are you off Saturday? Or are you just I am. Early? It's my
0: daughter's uh, birthday, so
1: uh, oh, she, uh, national she, holiday. She, yes, <laughs> yes. Nice. How did that? Oh, set? do we Never have mind. to
0: wait until Dad's done to go to dinner? And, oh no, uh, no, no. We can't do
1: that. No. no, no, no. So no, no, no. there was a, a peace treaty was uh, worked out. I don't think there was a peace treaty. I think the princess and, and the queen made the decision. Yeah, uh, and, and, and the king caved. <laughs> caved right away. Smart move by the king. Right. That's why he's still <laughs> in charge. Absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> okay, give her a birthday shout-out.
0: Yeah, 13. She's going to turn 13. Oh my so, God. Uh, big birthday for her. We're going to the beach tomorrow. Nice. Not very often do you get to go to the beach. My two kids... My kids are, are both born on the days I have no money. My son was born the day after Christmas, and my daughter's born on tax day. So I, I always tell them, I really can't afford to give you a gift. But the beach doesn't really cost anything, so we'll be going to the beach tomorrow. That's a good
1: boy. You know, you're a smart guy. Thinking, thinking, Larry. Always. It's a good job out of you. Not my so, first rodeo. That's no question about it. No question about it. Gordon, there's, there's so many stats going on with this series right now, as you can imagine, but here's something that, that were interesting to me. And these are on the uh, league's website. Uh, clutch shooting stats, clutch shooting stats. Um, who do you think is the best clutch shooter on the Knicks? Just, just, just throw some names out. Just, just from what you've seen, is that just clutch?
0: Curious. I would say Brunson.
1: Uh he's second.
0: Second is yeah. Randall one?
1: Well, they lit. He is near the bottom.
0: Okay, I was gonna say I couldn't imagine yeah. it would be Randall, but the way yeah. he said that there, yeah uh clutch.
1: Clutch shooters. Quickly? Quickly's there's six top guys for the Knicks. Mm-hmm. Quickly is six and Randall is five. Wow. Randall's thirty three percent. I know
0: it's not RJ, that's for sure.
1: And quickly is twenty four percent. Barrett is thirty five percent, just under thirty six percent clutch shooting in clutch moments. Brunson is second at fifty one point six. Josh Hart, 42.9. Wow. Josh Hart that is one, third. That, that one did not come to me, no. Josh Hart is third. And you think about it, Gordon, it's threes on the break. It's him with turnovers. He has – we'll talk about him in a second. Keep thinking. We'll talk about him. What he's been able to do is, you know, overplay the passing lanes. He has really turned up that defense in the second with the second unit. He's taken them to another level. Just that – Shot block, not not shot blocking, but playing the passing lanes, getting turnovers, doubling people. He does what people do to Julius Randle. <laughs> yeah, teams put the ball on the floor. He comes around the blind side. And he just goes the other way. It's it's amazing what he's been able to do. Uh, Quentin Grimes. Wow, really? That's surprising. Fifty three, just under fifty four percent, clutch shooting. In big moments.
0: I mean, what a season he's had from the oh, way that started to the
1: way it ended. Yeah. No question. Now for for Cleveland, this is surprising to me. Uh, Donovan Mitchell is near the bottom for them. Really? 40.5, 40%, a little over 40% in clutch shooting. Mobley, 65%, Gordon, in clutch, 65%. Okoro's fifty, Allen's forty-four, Osmond forty-two, Mitchell forty, Lavert thirty-six, and Garland thirty-three. So uh, it's interesting. Just just some numbers to throw out. To you. Just 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 to pique your curiosity mm-hmm. about uh, you know some of the what what you can expect, um, what you can expect in in clutch moments. So, you know, if coaches look at that. You know, it's funny because. If you tell me that I can
0: have the ball out of Donovan Mitchell's hands down the stretch of games where it's the clutch moments, I'm fine. I'll sign for that right now. Absolutely. I I agree with you a 1,000%. That would be perfect. I don't want him to have the ball. (laughs) Exactly. So I hope that they follow that. Double up. uh, He's no good in the clutch. Don't, Don't go to him. Go to somebody else. Anybody else. That's fine.
1: But the other thing about him, when you watch him, Gordon, what he does—he he sometimes is a one-man fast break. So on those long rebounds, the Knicks have to get back because he will take the ball off the boards and he will run it right down the center of the court and challenge you and get back and, and push you to get back. So, um, you know, the Knicks have done a really good job rebounding, especially off the offensive boards. They will be challenged though uh, in this series with Allen and um, and the Corral, uh, Allen and Mobley up front. They they will be challenged. No question about it. Yeah,
0: I mean, look, it's going to be a fascinating series. It is. Uh, it's, it's, um, and Okoro's, he's, is he healthy? Because I know he was, wasn't he banged up? But he's he expected he to be back. He did
1: not, he did not practice. Oh, he um, did not. He did not practice. Uh, so I, I'm not sure what, uh, you know, what, what the situation is with him. Not sure. It's kind of like, uh, Julius Randle's situation. They're mm-hmm. not saying. Mm hmm. But from what I've been reading, he has not practiced uh, fully with the team yet.
0: Well, look, if Randall doesn't play and it's anything like that last matchup where it was like a track move that, that first quarter where uh, like yeah. both teams had like 45 points or whatever yeah. it was, Yeah. Um, it, should be, uh, it should be fascinating. It should be. fascinating. Uh, I think I felt a lot of the same feelings two years ago against the Hawks, but this time I feel like you can kind of back up. the, the It's not just Nick fans thinking – we got a shot in this series, but based on how you played them in the regular season, you should have a shot to, to to be in this series.
1: Absolutely. You should. You should. Lee's in the Big Apple. What's up, Lee?
5: Gentlemen, how are we doing?
0: Lee, what's going on?
5: Listen, let me try to compress this Nick victory as simple as possible. As long as Thibodeau does not, Try to alter his game plan, meaning let's take Julius Randle out of the equation for a second here. If certain players uh, play to their strength and up their game, we got a chance of coming out of Cleveland at least with a win. At that point is when you think about where we may need Randle. Depending on if you're talking about if the Knicks are up 3 2 or down 3 2. But for these first two games, you don't need them. And I only say that because simply. We'll start with R.J. Barrett. If R.J. Barrett can pick up his defensive game just a little bit, but offensively, stick to what he does best is driving the ball. Getting in the lane and creating shots and getting fouled. Okay? We get we get that done. Obi, the big fellas, Hardenstein and Robinson, need help on the boards. We need you inside. Okay? Let (coughs) excuse me, Brunson, Hart, quickly, Grimes, let them do what they do outside. Shoot. Okay? That's the key to the Knicks at least coming out with a win in Cleveland outside of making their, foul, their free throws and picking up their game defensively.
1: Sounds good to me, Lee. Thanks for the phone call. That, that looks like uh, that's a game plan. The only issue is uh, several things. First of all, Gordon, is foul trouble and even though we know that they usually call things well they swallow the whistle a lot <laughs> let them play especially early on in the series where they try to gauge what it's going to be like even though each game is different but you notice that sometimes we'll just we'll hold the whistle if it gets too way out of hand we have to start calling stuff and doing things of that nature but if not we'll just continue to let it go uh if Mitchell Robinson gets an early foul trouble Gordon that's going to be a problem it's going to yeah. be a problem yeah uh, I'll say
0: this. If if Randall does not play in the first two games, I think the Knicks have to get a split in the first two games. If he doesn't play. If he doesn't play.
1: I got you. Yeah, I agree. I agree. And if it if you would be can't nice if they got o- the first two- one either way. Right. If you
0: can't come home 0-2, o- and if if he didn't play in the first two games, I can't expect him going to have 100% Randall in game three. So even if you get him in game three, he's going to be diminished. I think you got to be able to figure out a split.
1: Yeah, I agree with that. I think you're right. I think you're right. So, you know, it's but he's right. And and Toppin does have to do a better job and help them out on the boards. And, you know, I know he likes to leak out Gordon and get on the break and have the, you know, the highlights and stuff like Mm -hmm. that, which is very important. It's energizing. It's fabulous. But, you know, you might want to have to hang around the rim a little bit (laughs) and help out on the boards. Mm -hmm. You know, you might have to. So I'm just, I'm just really, you know. Once again, we sit back and we, we could digest this and break this apart, Gordon, until we're blue in the face. But uh, you know, it's played on the court, and until you have an idea of what's going on with Julius Randle, which I would say, not knowing anything, Gordon, I would say that he wouldn't play in game one.
0: That's what I think,
1: and I agree with you. I don't think he'll play in game one. Be- and and depending, honestly depending on what happens in game one. Then maybe you can give him game two. Right. If you steal game, game
0: one, two. then maybe you say, you know what, let's, you know, if he's still really struggling and he's 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 at 50%, we got, our, we got a split. Let's get him closer to 100% by the time we get back home. But it all kind of depends on how that
1: game one goes. Because game three is Sunday, right? At the Garden. I think so. So that would be, that's like, that's like so, almost that's, a week. Almost I mean, a full two. week, right. You know, clearly by then he should be ready.
0: Well, if he's not ready by then. I he's mean, not playing. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't know what to tell you.
1: Yeah, I know what to tell you. He's not playing. Yeah. <laughs> That's what that means.
0: Wow. And, and and anybody who's surprised by Tom Thibodeau not giving people uh, an update, really, about what's going to happen in that game?
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Have you ever met Tom Thibodeau? Did yeah, you expect really? that he was going to give you an update no. about what Randall's going to do?
1: No, not at all. He shouldn't have. No. No question, no. He he get and you know what, Gordon? That's what he's supposed to do. It's playoff time.
0: Absolutely, I'd say lie, just lie through your teeth. I have no problem. <laughs> oh no, he's definitely gonna be out for game one if he's playing. If he's if he's if he isn't playing, no, nah, he's definitely gonna play. Whatever you exactly. gotta do, exactly. Win by any costs.
1: That's it. That's it. When we return, Gordon, we'll turn our attention to the NFL. I know it's two weeks, right? Two weeks, Two weeks draft, today, today Two weeks yeah. Ahead. The draft is it's sneaking up on us. It is. It is. It's sneaking up because the local teams have been were a little better than they normally yeah. are. <laughs> right. <Then> I'm <laughs> both picking in the top five. We'll talk NFL next on 98.7 ESPN.
0: This is ESPN New York Tonight with Larry Hardesty and Gordon Damer On 98.7 ESPN. I mean, they're they're taking on the the, the Rangers. I mean, yeah. I, and even though they have the home ice, I mean, the Ranger fans will be able to get into that play. What is that? The Rock? Yeah. Oh, they'll yes. get in there, no problem. Yeah. No Sounds like a
1: Ranger home game. <laughs> 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 Harvey's hanging in. Harvey's hanging in there. <laughs> Gordon, um, before we talk NFL, we talk draft. You know, uh, I'm very curious about. YouTube TV and what they're doing with the Sunday ticket situation. Now they haven't, let me just say this. They've already gone up on the monthly price. Yeah. Oh, well, you know, (laughs) they got to make those ends meet Larry. Come on. They've already gone up on the monthly price now. And I'm waiting to see how much this is going to cost. Because I know it's not part of your monthly, you know, this is going to be the serious add on that they have uh, on YouTube TV.
0: Well, uh, I... I, the prices came out the other day. I saw them. Uh-huh. Uh huh. And people were blown away. I, I, I'll be honest with you. The jump that I thought, like in my mind, I had already worked in how much they were going to jump up.
1: Uh huh.
0: That when I saw what the actual price was, I was like, oh, that's not so bad. <laughs> <laughs> I had already gone to the doomsday. I had already gone to the doomsday scenario that uh-huh. uh, I didn't think it was actually that bad. Um, I, I gotta find the exact numbers. Okay, but we're... I'll be—I'll be honest. You know, the thing that concerns me about YouTube is that there's a delay on the live action. Hmm. So, is that what I want when it? Uh, now, maybe they're gonna figure out a way to get rid of that delay. Hmm. But uh, that could be a problem. All right, YouTube TV subscribers can add Sunday Ticket at a pre-sale price. Of two forty nine for the season, hundred dollars off what the retail price would be. Ooh. Ooh. Uh, Sunday ticket had cost about three hundred dollars through DirecTV. The problem is, is if you don't, if you're not a subscriber to YouTube, YouTube TV, uh, YouTube TV will let non YouTube TV that's hard to say YouTube <laughs> TV subscribers it will be a pre sale of three forty nine by a certain date. Otherwise, the retail price will be four forty nine for the oh. season. Oh, I am sorry, <laughs> four forty nine for the season, Larry. Whoa! So almost, you know, five hundred bucks. Oh,
1: that's a lot. And, of, that's a lot of footballs. <laughs> and you know what? You know
0: what? The first thing that jumped to mind: all the people who said, "Oh, you know, Direct TV's not going to have it anymore." They were so happy that Direct tv wasn't going to have it anymore. Because DirecTV did not really, they did not innovate the way that they should have.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: They did not, you know, put it so that you could just uh, buy your team's games or anything right. like that. Or And the, the the screen that had like the four games at once, there's a giant ad on it, and the games are smaller <laughs> as a result. <laughs>
1: Unbelievable. Uh,
0: but all the people that were complaining about DirecTV, oh, DirecTV, they're ripping you off. Oh, yeah? All of a sudden, it looks like a bargain for $449. Wow. mm mm but that's crazy. It's they're the drug dealer. Uh, you know, I don't know what other way to put it. We all love our football. Yeah. We all need our football. And at the end of the day, we'll 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 complain and moan about it. But at the end of the day, we'll dig a little deeper into our pockets, more more likely than not, and we'll end up paying it.
1: Oh no, Gordon.
0: <laughs> well, for for fans <laughs> of teams that are out of market, right? If you're a yeah. Jet or a Giant fan, you, you don't care. That's no. great, great for you. Yeah. Who cares? That's right. But for for dopey dolphin fans who live in the Northeast, mm-hmm. Raider fans or Viking fans or Colts fans, you'll probably uh, you'll probably bite the bullet. Yeah. I don't you know what, I, I'll say that I say that, but I don't know if I'm going to bite the bullet this year because I spend so much time watching the Jets and the Giants during the mm-hmm. regular action, mm-hmm. uh, and I end up going back and watching the Dolphins later anyway. I yep. might uh, I might uh, I might figure out a way to watch the games uh, another way that's cheaper. Yeah. if that exists uh
1: well listen uh red zone just look at look at the you know do the red zone
0: yeah thing. I I you
1: know with the Dolphins they're not in the red zone that often so <laughs> they will be this year It'll be yeah, different I this. don't know I mean I come know. on yeah and, and even with Tyreek Hill because he he's dangerous outside the, the red zone yeah I
0: don't know I don't I don't get high hopes for this season but um I'm sure that they'll show the Tua injury the season-ending injury on all the markets so I could just wait for that one and uh during the that's Jets and the Giants of game, it oh, is a lot of money. Lot of money. Oh, <laughs> At the end of the day, though, if you go to a if you go if you went to one game, yes, it would it would cost you a whole lot more than that. Yeah, well, maybe
1: not four forty nine, but you know, my, my you know parking know tickets, all that type yeah. of stuff. Yeah, yeah, the food alone. <laughs> yep, food alone. Get to the phones. Richardson Manhattan. What's up, Richard?
2: Hi, Gordon. Larry. Uh, uh Gordon, you mentioned, you know, the home court advantage for Cleveland over the right. Knicks. Yep. Right, just take the four playing games. Do you realize three out of the four teams that won were road victories? And the one that won, L.A., they won in overtime. And these are considered game sevens, these playing games, because, you know, win or lose. You know, win or you're almost you're out. So, I mean, they're not do or die yet. But still, so I don't know. I, that old axiom that the home court advantage in the NBA means a lot, I don't know. Less and less. So, I, I mean, you know, whatever it's worth, uh, we'll see. Well,
6: well see. look,
0: if, if anybody is going to have a home court advantage, it would be a team that has been, I don't know what the final numbers were, but they were among the best teams at home uh, all season. They were 31-10. and 10 on the season. Did any other team have thirty one oh, home Day wins? Boycott.
2: Yeah, I guess I so. Think,
0: yeah, I don't think anybody else had thirty one wins. Sixers were twenty nine and twelve. They were second.
2: Wow. So, so yeah, Cleveland had the best had home the best. team this year. Cleveland had the best home record in the NBA?
0: Uh oh no, excuse me. Milwaukee thirty two and nine, Boston thirty two and nine, Cleveland thirty one and ten. So both wow. both bet. Milwaukee and um Boston were better in the East. In the West, right. the only teams that were better were the Nuggets and the Grizzlies.
2: Okay, and the Knicks are a good road team. A, they, they are. Team. Yeah. So all right, we'll see. Uh, Gordon, you're a betting man. You like to bet a few dollars occasionally. Yeah, yeah. I, mean, I, I say to you, Gordon, let's make this bet even money. Okay. I have the field. You have the Bruins. Do you make the oh no! I'm him? taking the field. I'm absolutely
0: yeah. taking the field. Now, look, I don't know anything about hockey. I couldn't right. name you four Bruins if, I, if a gun was pointed Correct. at me. Okay. But I just now, know in the hockey, the President's Cup, the President's Trophy winner—that's that thing—is meaningless.
2: Now, would this be bigger if the Bruins don't win it? Uh, let's say they lose. Would this be bigger than the Patriots losing to the Giants at seventeen and zero? No. The, Gi- the
0: Giants' win over the Patriots was bigger.
2: For, yeah. Because okay. they were perfect. And it's football. Okay. But have you ever seen a team going into the playoffs, Larry? Any team in any sport? And baseball, you got a discount because it really doesn't matter how good you are in baseball in the playoffs. It's such a you know chance. But have you ever seen a team more dominant? I mean, there hasn't no, been, has there, no, in the last 20, really. 25 years?
1: Not that I can think of, Richard. I mean, the no. only
2: baseball team would be the Mets in 88 when they didn't get by the Dodgers maybe or something yeah, like that. Yeah,
1: that would be a surprise. Uh, yeah, that was uh,
2: you know, we always put down Boone. And, you know, you get a lot of guys calling Boone. There's a, he did a masterful job yesterday. He used four relievers, five innings. The five innings, got—he gave they gave up no hits and no runs. So he put picked the right four guys. And uh, he took him in and out exactly when he had to do it. I got, I got to give him credit for that. And the Met relievers yesterday did the job also.
0: Yes, especially. So, but, but that was yesterday was the game he got ejected in the first inning.
2: Boone. Oh, so yeah. he, wasn't, that
0: he wasn't. He wasn't. Well, maybe he, maybe he, maybe he, he, was, he was, calling was passing from the, word along. Yeah, he was calling he from did the, get uh, ejected. From his office. Right, fellas, <laughs> one
2: last thing. One last thing. I was just thinking this the other day. I don't know if you can look this up. But do you think Judge can be the first ballplay outfielder to throw out three runners in one inning? In other words, do you think it's ever happened where an outfielder no. Got all three assists in the outfield in one inning, throughout three runners. Maybe a guy trying to stretch a single into a double, or a guy at second trying to score, or some combination on a tag up fly. You know, a sacrifice fly attempt. And he. Threw a... Do you think it's ever happened in baseball? And do you think Judge can do it? Fellas, always a pleasure. Thank you.
1: All right, Richard. Thanks for the phone call. I don't, I, know,
0: I I don't think so.
2: anybody will ever get the. I
0: can't imagine that, that. I know that you know John Sterling's great line is that uh, in baseball. You see something you've never seen before every day, kind of thing. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. That's one I've never seen, and I don't think that uh, that they'll ever. Now, if there was a guy that could do it, Bo Jackson. Yeah. I mean, he had a yeah. rocket uh, for an I like. He surprised baseball players by how quickly he could get the ball back in. Yep. But I don't think anybody's ever going to get the chance to do that. And you would think that if if, if a guy, if there's an outfielder that thrown out two guys on the base paths already, <laughs>
1: the third guy's going to be a little leery. Yeah, he should be. He should be, exactly. I'm, he's not going to get me. I'm staying nope. right here. <laughs> nope. <laughs> Sam's in San Antonio. What's up, Sam?
7: Good evening, gentlemen. How are you guys doing today? I hope hey, all Sam. is well with you and your families uh, real quick, Larry, you know, we always touch base on the Mets. The last time we spoke, it was like maybe a day or two before the season. Mm-hmm. And it, 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 this is kind of like a... That one of the things that we were concerned about coming into the year was uh, Edwin Diaz. Uh, that mm-hmm. was right before he went down. We I, I know we both weren't expecting that to be the downfall, but, uh, no. but, but that being said, um, all in all, look, uh, I still expect them to do what they're supposed to do. Uh, they're, what, 7-6 and six right now, and it, it, the record in itself doesn't look all that great, of course. One game over five hundred, but this is the way I The Wilpon uh, Mets, it was always glass. Where is the glass? Forget about it being half empty, but now with Uncle Cohen, I'm looking at it differently. 7-6 mm-hmm. and six, without our number one or number two starter and without our number three starter, without our closer, without our starting catcher, you know what there's really we can't be that upset about it yeah we know the holes uh the the offense is not nearly where it should be they're spending a ton of money but that being said we're out 40 percent of the starters Carrasco is really I don't know what's going on with him uh we're filling holes in the rotation so I'm really not that upset with uh with the poor start to say um Now, if I could just touch base on just these new rule changes, I will agree. I will admit that going into the season, I was totally against them. Now, the overall overall results so far, with the games being approximately 30 minutes shorter, it's looking like a success. Mm -hmm. My only beef at this point still is the same thing with just, um, I'm an old school guy. I love to see stolen bases and such, but I think they made it too easy now. So that's mm-hmm. just my biggest beef with the whole, all the changes. Maybe they should just change the bases back to the original sizes, because that that extra what five eighths of an inch does at the end of the day make a difference, especially with those huge gloves that these uh, these new ball players are are using now to get themselves that extra inch. Mm-hmm. So maybe cut back on that a little bit. But overall, it's uh, uh, I, I will admit that I was wrong. I, I didn't want to mm-hmm. see the changes, but it looks like it's working.
1: Yeah, I I agree with that, Sam. Thanks for the phone call. Thanks for checking in, my friend. Uh, it's too early to be concerned. They're seven and six. It's early. Now let's see how they do on the road trip, and come back and, uh, Gordon for me, wake. Let me see how. Let me let me look at them in a month. Okay, let me see how they are in a month, and then I'll I'll figure out where how I really feel about this team. But they they all I know is this. They have to be in the World Series. It's the bottom line. That is the bottom okay, line. Okay, how they get there, mm-hmm. they could they could be in first place the last day of the season. They could be in second place the whole season and end up in first place the last day. Gordon, I'm good. It's about what they do in the postseason. It's all it's about. That's all it is. And let me ask you this before we go to break. Gordon, if they were going to make the, the uh, pitcher not be able to throw over but a couple of times— then why did they have to make the bases bigger? Because you would have had the stolen bases anyway. Yeah, if you're me, limiting, if you limit, you know what I'm saying? If you're yeah, limiting absolutely. the amount of times, why just leave the bases the size they were?
0: Yeah, I, to me the the throwing over is a much bigger impact than the size of the bases. Absolutely. Because absolutely. once you've thrown over once, you, the, the the runner I mean everybody's going to be able to get a great jump and you've seen the I don't have them in front of me right now but there's teams that are like 95% stealing bases this year.
6: Mm-hmm.
0: Yep. And the amount of stolen, bas- I mean, the Orioles are stealing, the Guardians are stealing bases, the Mets are stealing bases. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I think that that's the bigger impact there than, than the size of the bases. But uh, they wanted to get more of the running game back into the game. People have said that. They want more action on the base pads. There's only so much they can do in terms of limiting the strikeouts and the you know the strike the, the three true outcomes the walk the strikeout the home run, mm-hmm. so they want more stolen bases and they certainly have gotten that because now everybody's like the 82 Cardinals.
1: <laughs> they're running. They're
0: running. Like they're crazy. running, Larry. They're running.
1: <laughs> when we return, somebody else is running, running out of town without his football team. There's a new sheriff in the nation's capital. We'll discuss it next on 98.7 ESPN. Wow. Billion. Non-exclusive deal is fully financed but not signed, meaning another group could still come in and buy the team. Any deal also has to be submitted and approved by the league owners. That'll be no problem because they didn't like Snyder anyway. Oh. A group led by Canadian billionaire, oh, really, uh, Stevie A. I'm not I'm not trying to make my tongue do that name. <laughs> it's still involved in the sales process. Uh, the previous It tops the previous record sale for a franchise going to have been set in August. A group led by Walmart heir Rob Walton bought the Denver Broncos for four point six five billion. Now the Commanders' likely deal won't be approved until the next league meetings, which is May twenty-two to twenty-four in Minneapolis. And um, but the good thing is that the NFL's eight-member finance committee will examine the documents and then put it to a vote with the other thirty-one owners. But NFL is familiar. With uh, Josh Harris, who is, was a finalist in the bidding for the Broncos last summer before the Walton Group won out. So, Gordon, let me ask you a question. Yeah. Now that Snyder's out, who are some of the other
0: worst bad owners? owner in the NFL? Well, yes. I got a little list. I Do got, you now? I, think I, I got. Uh, let me see. I got um, three, four, five. I got six names on the list, Larry. So I'll give them to you, and, and you can rank them. Okay. The first one would be – the first one that came to mind was Jimmy Haslam, the Browns Mm. owner. He has owned the Browns for a decade. He bought them in 2012. Mm -hmm. They've had seven coaches in 11 years. They've never finished – with his ownership, they have never finished above third place in the division. Gosh. They have one playoff appearance, have averaged five wins a year in that dozen years – or, excuse me, in that uh, ten years. And obviously, you know, they, they made the trade for Deshaun Watson, gave him the fully guaranteed contract with all the things that were swirling around his head. Mm-hmm. So that's they, he's a strong candidate. Yes. Second on my list would be Stephen Ross, the Dolphins owner, who is just a complete bobo, uh, has owned the team since 2009. They've had two playoff appearances. They have zero playoff wins. And in terms of the most embarrassing owner in the NFL, I think he has to be it. Because he's had mm. he's had six coaches, which doesn't sound like a lot, but you know he got sued by Flores. He courted uh, Jim Harbaugh. They mm. had the bully gate thing. They had the tanking. Yeah. They had the tampering. They've lost draft picks. So he would be number two. Mm-hmm. Mark Davis with the Raiders, Ugh. owner since uh, 2011. Haircut alone. That, right. The haircut <laughs> is on the list. <laughs> that is on the list. Uh, seven different coaches since 2011, including John Gruden and that whole scandal. Zero Ooh. playoff wins. A mm-hmm. uh, Shad Khan, the Jaguars owner, he's been the owner there since 2012. They have the lowest winning percentage of any team in that span, 261.
1: Wow! Wow!
0: And they they also hired Urban Meyer, which was the worst head coach. Nice. He is the worst head coach any of it. He is the Barry Bonds of bad head coaches. Like mm-hmm. Barry Bonds did things we'll never see again. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Urban Meyer <laughs> did things we'll never see again. Uh, and then the two, the other two that are left, I think you have to put Dean Spanos on the list, the Chargers owner. Yeah. Owner since 2006. They've made the playoffs twice in the last 12 years. And they've had real talent. They've had real good players. But have never done anything at any point. And they also ruined their entire fan base by moving out of San Diego and moving to L.A. where nobody cares about them at all. They're like such an afterthought there. I know. He's a terrible owner. And then anytime you bring this up here, people are going to bring up Woody Johnson, owner since 2000. I'll tell you, out of this group, he's Woody Johnson, he's pretty good. <laughs> six playoff appearances, two AFC title games. Now, the, they made the playoffs six times in his first 11 seasons. Yeah. <laughs> they've, not, they've not done anything since then. Yeah. Uh, and they have had seven coaches in 23 years, but seven coaches in 23 years. Is it a stretch to say that Woody Johnson would not even be top 5 of worst owners in the NFL? No,
1: it would not be a stretch.
0: It would not be a stretch. It would not J- be a stretch to me no. it's a it's a battle between Jimmy Haslam of the Browns and Stephen Ross with the Dolphins.
1: I'm taking Browns. Uh, I got
0: to go with Haslam. You, you, I got to go with When them. it comes to failure, you rarely are you wrong going with the Cleveland
1: Browns. And he's not alone. <laughs> it's been the history of bad oh, ownership. It's been a history. There.
0: And you know, I didn't even mention the Lions. Because that fan the Ford family they've owned that team forever yeah. and they Larry, they've never been good. I know. there's never been a time in your lifetime or my lifetime where we yeah. said, you know what the Lions are going to be really good this
1: year. Maybe the, oh, could we say that coming up this year? Yeah this is this is the high life this is the this is the glory days. Yeah. I mean can you imagine you have a running back like Barry Sanders and you were not good?
0: Never they were never <laughs> good never good.
1: With the legendary Wayne Fonts, Let me Wayne take Barry Fon- Sanders out when we get near the goal line. <laughs> <laughs>
0: well, I mean, don't, up until, like, we don't know what's going to happen this year, and we do think that they're kind of trending in the right direction. Yeah, they but, look like
1: they are. Yeah,
0: but uh, out of my lifetime, that was the glory days for the Lions. It was, yeah. The Wayne Fonts years. Mm-hmm, yeah. They Fons. won zero games, rebuilt, and still stunk. Yeah. <laughs> Which is
1: hard to do. It's hard to do. <laughs> it takes work. That is hard to do. It takes work to do that. Gordon, it does. When we return, Gordon answers with Aaron. A blowout edition. <laughs> we'll get your thoughts next on the ESPN.
0: And I want the rest of you cowboys to
1: know something. There's a new sheriff in town, and his name is Reggie Hammond. Nate's in the Garden State. Nate, what's cooking?
6: Hey, what's going on guys? How you doing tonight? Good, Nate. Um, so I wanted to call in. Um, I have concerns with the Yankees pitching rotation as is. I mean, you know, I think I called the show in the station several times, even in the off season. It was like everyone was in love with this rotation. I'm like still you know, we still we still needed help with depth in the rotation, but in the off season and now you throw in guys like Schmidt and Herman who stink to high heaven. And, you know, now Burrito, listen, he had a stink. And tonight he's been pretty good his first two games. But I think he's going to be better, you know, from here on out. But I don't trust Schmidt and Herman for, for anything. I think they need, they honestly need to make a trade for someone. I don't know who's out there. But um, I think the, the, the lineup is pretty set um, until um, – I guess they're just waiting for Bader to come back and stuff. But um, I, I don't know what they're going to do for pitching rotation because you have two guys – who when they do come back, um, they're still injury prone. So Severino's never healthy. Rodon's awesome, but that's when he's healthy. He's had, what, two shoulder surgeries before? So, I mean, I'm worried. What do you guys think? I'm, I guess let's talk about it and see what's up. All right,
1: Nate, thanks for the call.
0: Yeah, I mean, this is what happens when when 60% of your starting rotation is your plan to start the year is hurt. Uh, and you're right. I mean, Rodon, Rodon has been hurt a lot. Severino's hurt a lot. Montas was hurt before you got him. Got hurt again after you got him. So uh, you're just going to have to ride it out here. Now, Herman, I don't think Herman is terrible. He's fine as he's your fifth starter. The problem is right now, you're kind of relying on. He's kind of like your third starter. Yeah. Because Clark Schmidt gives you absolutely no length. Maybe that was a step forward against the Guardians. I, I don't think so. I need to see a little bit more than that. And and Johnny Brito felt like, oh my gosh, who's who's this guy? Mm-hmm. And uh, tonight he got a little exposed. But they they're gonna run those guys out there. They they have no other options. Yeah. Now maybe they'll send Brito down and bring up a fresh arm from the minors, like they do, so that they have somebody else in the bullpen. But. You know, you got the the injuries to the rotation. You got the injuries to the uh, to the bullpen. This mm-hmm. is what it looks like. Yep, this is it. Doesn't look good. I'll say this though: mm-hmm. the, the guy uh, uh, Ian Hamilton.
1: Yes, what he's I've seen bad. of him.
0: Yeah, he's not bad. I like him.
1: Yeah, I think he's
0: going to be. He's going to. The Yankees will figure out the bullpen part. You yeah. know, as long as Luis is not out for a, a real long period of time, mm-hmm. they'll figure that part out. But the the
1: rotation, yeah, it's a it's a concern. Yeah, no question about it. Uh, Buddha's in the Bronx. What's up, Buddha?
3: Hey, what's going on? Glad, you know, Gordon, what's
0: the deal, baby? Buddha. <laughs> oh, Buddha's feeling good tonight. <laughs>
3: yeah, <laughs> absolutely. Johnny Walker Black, little sour. That's right.
0: He's calling well, a little later tonight, too. <laughs> that's why. I, 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 I've been tipped off on this. When Buddha calls a little bit later, he's having a little bit more fun.
3: Yeah, you know, I'm just riding around. You know, you guys are talking about the queens and the princesses and letting them rule. <laughs> You know, I got one of them in the car with me. Uh, let me let him make a point before I say something.
7: Yeah. I just want to say, Uncle Larry, the Knicks and six over Cleveland, Obi Toppin, time to
3: shine.
1: All right. I'm good with that. Let's roll. Yeah, I'm good. I know you are.
3: I'm good with that. Oh, you and all God. my sisters, too. Mm-hmm. All right. Yeah, I don't stand a chance, brother. You know what I mean? <laughs> but look, you know, Darryl Morey, you know, he reminds me a lot of Joe Douglas. I'm listening to Mark earlier. Listen, if the Sixers don't sweep the Nets, yeah, I want everybody fired. Straight up and down. Darryl <laughs> <Stop, laughs> Morey, <Murray. I>, please. <laughs> and I love Mark. That's my big brother. You know, we're playing well. He's like Shaq Vaughn. Listen, man, like I told you the other night, the Nets is wing stop. All you got is wings. You know what I mean? Like, if the, if the Sixers can't beat them, everybody's got to get fired. But, you know, Daryl Morey reminds me a lot of Joe Douglas. And he's achieved more success than Joe Douglas. But, good God, a a GM being overrated. I mean, remember last Saturday? I told you, the Jets are going to rue the day that they drafted Zach Wilson. This is it for the Sixers. With some cheerleaders, escort service. I want to know it all because these guys was quick to run him out of there, and then they had the drunk up there. And I'm not, listen, I drink a lot of Johnny Walker Black, and I'm not trying to say you know you are not able to partake. But they had the drunk up there, Jim Irshay. We gotta get him out of the league.
0: And look, Pooty, you you might get – I don't know what the terms of the sale are or anything like that, but mm-hmm. wasn't it – I don't know if it was ever proven, but the, the, the idea was that the whole uh, John Gruden thing got floated out there because it was Snyder uh, – I think that that was the, the story at the time, that that's how that got out there.
1: Yep, that's right. That's right. And, and
0: he does seem like a guy – if he's going down, he's taking everybody with him. He's not going alone. Right, I, I, you know what? I wish I could go down one time with six point five billion dollars. God, it's oh, billion, billion. horrible. Billion dollars, billion, billion. Did I say billion million? Billion. Oh yeah. God, he he would uh, he would he'd oh, still be there. Oh, that's <laughs> uh, that's ashtray money in the words of Michael K. That's, uh, that's couch right. cushions money. $6.5 he, would he
1: wouldn't have sold for six point no, five billion. No, of course not. Mm-mm, no billion, baby, billion. More next on 98.7 ESPN.